Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. If you will, if you're able, stand to your feet. Let's sing together this morning. Hey, good morning, Kavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing? Good. It's so good to see you guys here. I hope you guys are having an awesome weekend. So thankful that you are in the Lord's house together here as our church family. It's really, really cool to come back to this place every single week together with you. Amen? Amen. Hey, a uh, couple shout-outs. If you're a guest here, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so awesome to have you here, and we want to meet you. So if you will, after service, there's a connect area. We got some church family that would love to just say hello, give you a high five, and give you a gift, okay? And then also, those online, thank you so much for tuning in. We miss you, uh, and we can't wait to see you again soon. But thank you for joining there and experiencing uh, God's word with us online. And then special shout out to all my beach camp people. All right, raise your hand if you went to beach camp this past week. All right, teenagers up in the balcony, yes, thank you for not sleeping in today. Amen, amen. You guys are 
Only you guys are going to get this, but you are totally rocking the first chair right now. All right? So it's good. Anyways, we rejoice in salvation. The song we just sang is a testimony for a lot of us in this room. We are praising the name of Jesus for what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ, and we rejoice in that today. We're going to continue to praise and worship and give him all the glory in us. So I'm going to invite you all to stand, and we're going to pray and ask him to continue to anoint our services today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us all back together. As your kids, we get to be before you as our Father and just be able to praise and worship you. Again, we are so thankful for all that you've done. Thank you for redeeming us, and thank you for calling us your own. So right now, as we go into the rest of this time, um, settle our hearts, because there are some people in this room today that need peace in their life right now. All the distractions need to be put off to the side. Lord, help adjust our focus to you. Help us to think of things above, and as the word is preached, our hearts and our minds are open to that. Be with Brother Will as he brings the message, God. We love you, and we want to be formed into your likeness. We want to become more like you as we claim you are our God. We want to be your people, the very people that you want us to be. We love you. Bless our services. In your name, amen. Let's continue to worship. Amen. Who believes uh, Nathan's had some coffee? Anybody? He's doing jumps up here. Uh, this is an excerpt from Max Lucado, a, a Christian author. He says, God does not exist to make a big deal out of us. We exist to make a big deal out of him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. So let's make a big deal this morning about our one and only
are so thankful for the power, your power that you make available to us whenever we need it. God, I, I want to lift up our teenagers and our, our kids that have just returned from church camp this week. <clears throat> Lord, that week of worship, of just being on that spiritual high, and then coming back to their regular lives, their day-to-day, -day, uh, many of them are returning to practice or, you know, friends that aren't in church. And God, I just pray that that, that light would shine brightly no matter where they are or who they are around. Um, I pray that, that you would give them reminders of that feeling and that they would not return to the ordinary things. Um, God, if there's anybody in this place or watching online or listening, to the words this morning that hasn't ever felt your peace or your love or your presence in their life. Um, God, I just pray that you would speak a special word into their heart today. Um, I pray that they would be open to hear it, and I pray that, that they would leave here yours. I pray that lives would be changed this morning. In your name I pray. team. Give them another big hand. Why don't you appreciate them? Thank you for being here. God bless you. Those watching online, thanks for connecting online. Beach camp? Really? Man, they didn't have beach camp when I was a kid. Uh, we, we went to camp in Stanton, Texas, and uh, man, you talk about ugly. <laughs> it was ugly out there, and uh, there was a swimming pool but every single year I went to beach camp, and I, I never did figure this out. Uh, every year, the first day we got there, supposedly somebody would go into the pool, restricted area, sneak in there, and there was always, every year, a, a, a vial of acid, and somebody would pour the acid into the pool. It happened every year, and they would tell us, you can't swim for the first two days because somebody poured acid in the pool. Every year is crazy. It's crazy. Beach camp? Really? On the beach. Way to go, kids. Glad you got to go. Give them a big hand. They went to beach camp. They were roughing it. Roughing it for Jesus. But you know what? Brother Johnny took our little kids to camp. It can't be before this past week. So we had two groups at two different camps. Some of our kids got saved at uh, kids camp. Isn't that awesome? So proud of that and thankful for that. Love, love our kids, no matter if they're little kids or teenagers, love you guys. And I'm so thankful that today I get to talk to you about the fifth commandment. We're looking at the Ten Commandments, ten values that God has given to strengthen the families. And can I tell you from my heart, our families need to be strengthened. I have been so burdened this past week for your family, for my family, for the families of this church I received word at the beginning of a week of a young Christian family that I'm very familiar with who are involved in ministry, and um, a catastrophic event occurred in their family. Their family has fragmented, and the effects of this episode that happened in their family is going to be devastating, not only for the children involved, but for other people involved as well. And, and, and it was just a reminder to me that the devil is after our families. Okay, make no mistake about it. The devil wants to destroy your family. And you know what? It's not just Christian families that the devil wants to destroy. The devil wants to destroy all families. Why? Because the family is the foundation of our society. You go back and read the Bible. In the beginning, God created and the first thing he created was the family unit. God made the family long before he established the church. 
And so the devil knows that if he can destroy the family unit, which is the fabric that holds our culture together, if he can destroy that, he is going to destroy our culture. And open your eyes, people. It's happening right here in the world in which we live. So today we're going to talk about commandment number five and the value that God has given us to strengthen our families. And before I begin... I want to pray for your family. Can I pray for your family? I'm going to pray for my family, but your family as well. And I want you to take this very seriously this morning. As I'm praying for you, you pray for your family. Call out the names of every member of your family and ask God to be with them this very day. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for this moment we have in your house to look at commandment number five. And dear Lord, as we do that, I pray for our families. I pray for my own family. Be with my mom and dad, my extended family. I pray that you'd be with Angie. I pray, dear God, that you would bless Whitney and Tyler, Ella Jane and Archie. I pray for Michael and Callie. I pray for Zane. I pray, dear Lord, that you would undergird and and strengthen my family. Help us every day to put on the armor of God. So that when the devil attacks us, that we would be able to stand. And having done all, that we would stand. I pray, dear God, that you would protect the calling that you've placed on every member of my family. And I pray more than anything that all of my family would be with me in heaven worshiping you. Lord, I pray for every family that's represented in this room. Lord, there are fragmented families in this room. There there are some kids in our church who who are separated from their parents. There are parents who have been separated from their kids, and there needs to be healing and restoration. I pray, dear God, that you would undergird and strengthen the families of our church so that our church family can be strong for you. Would you do that? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is no secret that families are fragmenting at an alarming rate. The average length of a marriage in the United States of America right now is seven and a half years. After seven and a half years, most families, most marriages will end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. Every 30 seconds, there is a divorce that occurs in the United States of America. And believe it or not, Today, kids can divorce their parents. No lie, it happens. Children divorcing their parents. I think one of the problems, there are many problems, but one of the problems is that we have lost respect in our families. Husbands and wives don't respect each other. Kids don't respect their parents. The parents don't respect the kids. And if you don't have respect in your family, you're not going to have it in the society. I am so glad God gave us commandment number five. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Very simply, it says this, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land. Did you know there is no age limit or time limit on this? As long as your parents are alive, you are to honor your father and your mother, period. You got it? Give me one of these if you got it. Good deal. Question is, why did God give this command? Well, we're going to try to answer that this morning through this sermon. Why God gave commandment number five. But before we do that, I want you to remember two things. Are you with me? I've not started the sermon Here's two things I want you to remember as we get into the sermon. Number one, there are no perfect parents. Are you with me? There are no perfect parents. All of us have weaknesses and faults and inconsistencies. The only perfect parent that has ever existed is God himself. Only one. Even the best parents have made mistakes because we've all sinned. The Bible specifically says that, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as a result of that, we're all warped. Look at your neighbor and say, you're warped. 
That went over well, didn't it? All right. Not, not long ago, I saw the title of a book. I didn't buy the book, and I haven't read it, but I certainly related to it. The title of the book is this, I'm Dysfunctional, You're Dysfunctional. And, and that pretty much sums it up, doesn't us? doesn't it? None of us have perfect parents, and you're not a perfect parent either. Okay? Are you with me? Now, let, let me just talk about the elephant that is in the room right now. There are many parents who are unworthy of honor. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. They were abusive. They were manipulative. They were neg negligent. And you may have had a parent or parents who were not good parents. So what is God telling you to do? Am I supposed to ignore all the pain that I went through in my life? Am I supposed to just put on a happy face and pretend that everything was hunky-dory, peachy king in my family when it was not? The answer to that is no. No, you're not. But here's what God is saying. I want you to honor the position of parenthood. It is an honorable position. And yes, you, have, you may have had some bad parents, and I'm sorry for that. But you know what the lesson learned is? You don't have to be that way. Amen. So a couple of things to remember. Number one, there are no perfect parents. Number two, respect for authority begins in the home. This is a critical lesson that every child needs to learn. Because it determines how well that kid is going to do in school in relationships, and in their career. The child who grows up saying, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, is going to have trouble. They're going to have trouble in school. They're going to have trouble in friendships. And they're going to have trouble in their career. Because believe it or not, there are a lot of times you have to do what somebody tells you to do, whether you want to or not. Come on. So God wants you to learn to respect authority. And you do that in the home. That's where it begins. Now, it looks like we're not getting this, so let me, let me just put it to you like this. When you go to a judge, you'll say you have to go before a judge. How do you address that judge? Say it again real loud. That's the way you address a judge. Your honor. But when you say you're honored, you're not making a value judgment about that judge's character because that judge may be a jerk. Are you with me? You're saying you're honored to show respect for the position that he holds. And God says he has put parents in a position of authority over you at an early age and you are to respect that position of authority. So I'm about to get into my sermon, but you need to be reminded of these two things. There are no perfect parents, and respect for authority begins in the home. Everybody just say amen. amen. Let's take a deep breath, and let's get into it. How do I honor my parents? How do you honor your mother and your father? Well, I've, I've really thought about that this week, and, and what I've determined is that really depends on what stage of life you're in. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, let me just put it to you like this. As a child, so if you're in this room and you're below the age of 18 and you're living at home with your parents, as a child living under the authority of my parents, I honor my parents by obeying them and respecting them. That's the way I honor them. And again, Pastor Will is not making this stuff up. This is from the Bible. It's what God says. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, and he's not talking just about little kids. He's talking about 18 or under, those living with their parents. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. So if you're in this room and you're in middle school or you're in high school, I'm talking to you right now. I'm going to talk to your parents in a moment, but let me just talk to you. 
You honor your parents by obeying them. That's what the verse says. Obey your parents. You do what they say. You do it willingly, pleasantly, and immediately. Ain't no back talking going on in your home. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. The Bible teaches that as long as you're under your parents' roof, you obey them. Since you're dependent upon your parents for everything, I'm talking about food, clothing, shelter, insurance, they've got the right to call the shots in your life. When you're out on your own, you know what? It's a different issue. But as long as they are providing for you and you are dependent upon them, the Bible says you are to obey them. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It's that simple. You honor them by obeying them and respecting them. Teenagers, we got it? So when they say, clean up your room. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And you clean up your room. Take out the garbage. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You take out the garbage. Come on. Now, let me flip the coin here. Parents, it's your obligation to make sure that the boundaries are set clearly in your home and that your children know that they are to obey and respect. And if they get outside of those boundaries and if they don't show obedience and respect, you need to make sure that they understand there are consequences for that. When, when I'm out in public and I see kids that are just so blatantly disrespectful to their parents and, and disregard authority, whether it's authority over them from school teachers or from somebody in charge or from a policeman or even from their parents, when, when I see that in the life of a child or a teenager, it really doesn't make me mad at that kid as much as it does anger towards the parents. Because it's pretty apparent that the parents did not discipline and did not teach their children in the home. You know what we're doing this morning? We're opening up a can of worms. And I ain't done yet, man. God is serious about this. You know what? We need to be serious about it too. Our world is crumbling because our kids are not taught respect in the home. And parents, that's your fault. So the way you honor your mama and your daddy when you're a child is that you obey them and respect them. So what happens when you get a little older and you become a young adult and you're out on your own? How do you honor your mom and dad at that point in your life? Well, at that stage, I honor my parents by accepting them and appreciating them. You see, the older you get, you start to see the faults in your parents. You start seeing their hang-ups, their faults, the chinks in their armor. And it becomes important for you at this juncture in your life that you accept them in spite of their weaknesses. And you're sitting there wondering, why should I choose to accept my parents I didn't have any choice in this matter. Well, let me turn that around. Neither did they. In fact, really what they were wanting was a perfect child. (laughs) And so you're kind of stuck with each other. That's why acceptance is so vital. Now, listen to me before you turn me off. Acceptance does not mean that you are pretending everything was perfect in your home. It doesn't mean ignoring the mistakes that your parents made. It doesn't mean agreeing with all that they did or agreeing with all they asked you to do. No, here's what acceptance means. Acceptance means, number one, realizing that my parents gave me something that nobody else gave me. Your parents may have been awesome. 
They may have been excellent. They, they may have been five-star parents. Well, good for you. Your parents may have just been so-so, middle of the road, not really great, but not really bad. Or your parents could have been absolutely awful parents. But regardless of how they treated you growing up, the fact is your parents gave you something that nobody else gave you. They gave you life. They brought you into this world. And you owe them literally your life. Regardless of their parenting skills, God chose to use them to bring you into this world. So here's what acceptance means. Acceptance means realizing my parents gave me something nobody else could give me. They're my parents. Doesn't matter if they were good or bad. They gave me life. You with me? Number two, acceptance includes forgiveness. Now, here's the fact of life. The fact of life is we're going to hurt people. If you live long enough, you're going to hurt other people, and other people are going to hurt you. Sometimes we end up hurting the people we love the most, whether we do that intentionally or unintentionally. And if you live together in a house for any length of time, you're going to be hurt by the people in your family. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. Families, therefore, must be built on forgiveness because we hurt each other. How about one of these from everybody in the room? It happens. Today, it's not so popular to honor your parents as it is to lie on a couch and blame them for all the problems in your life. You with me? But you need to listen to what Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20 says. If you curse your parents, your life will end like a lamp that goes out in the dark. Now, let me put that another way. Bitterness is self-destructive. It always hurts you more than the person you're bitter against. And I agree, you may have had an awful parent or awful parents. And through the years, bitterness and anger and resentment has just built up in your life. Do you know that all of that bitterness is not hurting them one bit? But it is destroying you. It's poison, man. So you need to learn to forgive your parents. You honor your parents when you forgive them for what they did wrong, and you choose to focus on what they did right. And they did a few things right. Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 11 says, Be grateful for the good things that the Lord has given you and your family. So God says, I'm not only to accept my parents, the good and the bad, but I am to appreciate my parents. Now, it's easy to take your parents for granted. Some of you had great parents, just awesome parents, and it's easy for you to appreciate them. For others in this room, it's a little more difficult. I would suggest that there are at least two things you can appreciate about your parents regardless of how good or how bad they were. Okay, two things to appreciate about your parents. Number one, you can appreciate their effort. Parenting is difficult. Parenting is time demanding. Parenting is a draining job. Angie and I raised three kids. She raised them. I was her assistant. Yeah. You know what? Raising those kids, I had a new appreciation for what my parents went through. Raising me. Anybody there? You with me? You understand what I'm saying? It takes an incredible amount of energy just to corral your kids much less teach them anything. What, one, one good thing, there's not many good things about social media today, but one good thing is throughout the day I get constant updates what's going on in the lives of my grandchildren. I mean, my daughter Whitney, she, she, she takes tons of pictures and she posts them. She sends tons of pictures every day to Angie and I about what they're doing in a day and, and showing us pictures of what the kids are doing. And I'm, I'm thinking, how in the world does she do this? How does she corral those two kids, much less teach them anything? Have you ever considered that 
Your parents' lives would have been a whole lot easier had they not had you. They say the way you tell the stress in a tree's life is to cut, cut the tree in half and look at the rings. There are rings in the tree for every year. And the rings that are very close together and narrow are the, ring, are the rings that represent the years of stress and crises in that tree's life. It was a tough year. You know, think back on your childhood the years of stress and crises. How, how do you identify those years? It is through the wrinkles in your parents' faces that developed and through the gray hair that occurred in their head. Amen. Are you with me? When was the last time you just thanked your parents for putting up with you? Let me ask you, who else would have? Who else would have? So you can appreciate their effort. Number two, you can appreciate their sacrifice. Guys, let me tell you, parenting is expensive. The economics today are absolutely staggering. I researched this thoroughly this past week, and, and according to the United States Department of Agriculture, here is how much it takes to raise a kid in America today from birth to 18. We're not even talking about college. We're just talking about raising the kid from birth to 18. $233,610 on average. I read a lot of other numbers. Some say, oh, it's 158000 Others say, no, it's more like $513,000 to raise a kid. I don't know. I think the Department of Agriculture has a pretty good number because I did the math on it. I divided it up as to how much that is in a month's time, and I'm still paying that amount for one of my kids. <laughs> it's expensive. Your parents made a big sacrifice in having you. In fact, somebody said a father is someone who now carries pictures where he used to carry money. Reminds me of the, of the family who was having their picture made for the church directory. And right before the photographer snapped the picture, the dad said, Hold on, I want this to look natural and real. So kids, stick your hand in my pockets. Come on, that was pretty funny. <laughs> By the way, you, you know there are four stages in a man's life. Number one, he believes in Santa Claus. Number two, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Number three, he is Santa Claus. And number four, he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> and the point of that little parable is you appreciate him in all four stages. All right? So as a young adult... I honor my parents by accepting them and appreciating them. But, but what happens when you get my age and you're older and your parents are older? Well, number three, as an adult, I honor my parents by affirming them and not abandoning them. For many parents, the older they get, the less respect that they get. Their affirming friends start to die off and they no longer are wanted in the marketplace for their skills or their wisdom. Their children are busy with families of their own and they can live a pretty lonely life. Your parents have a great need, a desperate need to feel and to know that they made some kind of positive influence and contribution in your life. They need affirmation. And I think God is saying to us older adults, he wants us to affirm our parents for the rest of their lives. As long as they live, we need to affirm them. How do you do that? Well, you affirm them just by talking to them. Hey, mom, dad, how you doing? <laughs> you listen to them. If you're going to make a big decision, you seek their counsel. Now, you may not do what they suggest that you do, but at least you've asked them. At least you've talked to them. And, and I think this is true not only for your parents, but also for your in-laws. Because your family. Moses is a pretty good example of that. The Bible tells us that Moses sought the advice of his father-in-law. Ruth did it as well. She listened to the advice of her mother-in-law. Nor do you abandon them. 
The Bible says that the way you treat your older elderly parents is a demonstration of the true faith or lack of faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not making this up. It's in the Word of God. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Anyone who won't care for his own relatives when they need help, especially his own family, has no right to say he is a Christian. Such a person is worse than an infidel or a heathen. The old King James says, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Church, that's pretty strong language. If you don't take care of your own family, including your elderly parents, you know what? You don't really have a real faith. It's really interesting to me that when Jesus Christ was dying on the rugged cross for the sin of the world, remember that scene? Mount Calvary, Jesus hanging on the cross, bleeding for you. The sin of the world is placed on his shoulder. Your sins were placed on his body as he hung on the tree. But as Jesus was dying on the cross, one thing he did, he looked down, one of the seven last statements of Jesus on the cross, he looked down at John, his beloved disciple, and he said, John, take care of my mother. Wow, blow me away. Jesus is dying for your sins. And yet he asked John to take care of his aging mother. What a great example. I'll do my best to take care of you guys. And if I'm insensitive and don't, you've got a great daughter who I know will. (laughs) Together we will. You know what? You need to do the same. As your parents get older, you affirm them, and you don't abandon them. Okay, that's it, except for one last word to you parents, especially those who have kids at home. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Now, a word to you parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with Loving discipline. Paul is saying, don't drive your kids nuts by being unpleasable. And don't try to make your child another you. Because God only knows this world can only take one of you. (laughs) Bring them up in loving discipline. Bring them up in loving discipline. The key to good parenting is loving discipline. Say that with me. Loving discipline. One more time. Louder. You see, every child needs to be taught these two things while they're growing up. Number one, they need to be taught that disobedience brings pain. Every kid needs to be taught that by their parents, that disobedience brings pain. This is how I started my sermon. We're going to end it with this. You need to set boundaries in your home. Kids, they they may not act like they love boundaries. Kids need boundaries. They love boundaries. And parents, you are to set the boundaries. And you need to tell your kids right up front, You get outside of these boundaries, you disobey, you don't do the right thing, your disobedience is going to result in pain. Now that pain can take a whole lot of forms, but they need to understand when they disobey, it is going to be unpleasant. You know what? If you don't do that, I can remember when I first started pastoring, uh, I preached, I wasn't even a parent at the time, and and I, I, I realized that I made this mistake. You can't really preach a whole lot on parenting if you ain't a parent. But I was just given biblical principles, and, and I had a lady come up and, and uh, tell me that, you know what, I've read the books. I realized that, uh, you know, my, my little precious baby is special, and, and I will never discipline my child. I'll never spank my child. And I didn't say it, but I thought, well, good luck with that. 
Come back and talk to me in 10 years when that kid is back talking you and disrespectful and not obeying you and you're having all kinds of trouble. Come back and tell me how it's going now. When you don't discipline your kids and you don't teach them that disobedience brings pain, the Bible says that you don't really love your kid. And again, I'm not making this stuff up. It's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24. Listen to this verse. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So you know what? If you really love your kids and your grandkids, you're going to set those boundaries, and you are going to discipline them. Whether it's taking things away from them or giving them a little spank. And let me tell you, if you do spank your children, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. You never do it in anger. You always explain to them why they're getting a spanking. And probably the best thing to do is to say to them, you need to go to your room and think about what you've done your daddy's going to be in here when he gets home from work and he's going to be bringing the belt with him. They need to understand that disobedience brings pain. Because you know what it does. They need to learn that at an early age. But secondly, and even as importantly, they need to understand that obedience brings freedom. That when they obey and when they do the right thing, mom and dad, they're going to trust them. And when they're trusted, their freedom grows. That's what loving discipline is all about. And parents, let me tell you, when you treat your kids in this manner, according to the Word of God, when you give them loving discipline, they will honor you. Even though you're not perfect. And even though you make tons of mistakes, they're going to honor you because you're doing the right thing. Everybody with me? Parents, your greatest obligation is to make sure that you not only give loving discipline to your children, but that you teach them about Jesus Christ and make sure that they follow the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. Make sure that they're saved. More than anything else, Billy Fuller, more than anything else, I want to go to heaven and have all my kids with me. That's my obligation as a daddy. And to do that, you know what, Keenan? i got to pray for my kids every day. I told the first service this story, and I closed with it years ago. I mean, it's, it's been while I've been here, but I've been here a long time now. Years ago when my kids were little, I found myself praying more and more for my family. So if I had a 30-minute prayer time, I may be praying for my family 15 minutes of that time. And, and, and one day I had this little thought. It, it, was, it was an accusing word that came to my mind. The accusing word was, Will, you're spending way too much time praying for your family. How selfish is that? You've got a whole church you need to be praying for. And there are families in your church that are going through some real pain. And you're spending all of that time praying for your family. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Can't no lie. I, I, I felt guilty for days. I was tormented over this. And finally one day I came in here, this room, and I remember laying on this altar and crying out to God because this was a real burden in my heart. I said, Lord, am I really being selfish? Am I praying too much for my family? And I'll never forget, Fred, it was just as if the Lord spoke to me and he said, Will, dude, if you don't pray for them, who's going to? It's like the Lord turned on this light in my head and said, Will, they're your kids it's your family. Yes, you need to be praying for them. Amen. So you know what I did? I amped it up, baby. <laughs> Instead of praying less for them, I prayed more for them. And as a parent, you need to be praying for your family. I, you know, I, I can't even begin to imagine, but I, 
I do know that within the context of this church family right now, there's some bad things in a lot of families. Hurtful words have been said. Tough times have been gone through. There's, there's conflict between husbands and wives. There's conflicts between parents and kids. Please listen to me. Life is way too short to allow all that stuff just to build up and not be resolved. You need to fix it. You need to take the step to fix it. And you start the fixing process laying it on the altar and praying to God. You take responsibility for it. You seek forgiveness. You apologize. And you allow God to heal. And I can't think of a better place or time for that healing to begin than right here, right now. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would do something awesome in the families in this service and even those watching online. Help us, dear Lord, to willingly come and lay our families on the altar and ask for your help, your forgiveness, your strength. Dear Lord, if there's somebody in this room that needs to get right with you, mom, dad, husband, wife, child, if they need to give their heart to you, I pray that they would come now and receive Jesus, seek forgiveness. Lord, I pray that families would come to the altar today and pray for their family. Parents praying for their kids, kids praying for their parents. And dear Lord, families that are fragmented, I pray that they would come and pray for restoration and healing. Lord, would you do that? Right now, would you do that for us? In Jesus' name. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed as these guys sing? Altars are open. Families, come now. Come pray. Mamas and daddies, come pray for your kids. Grandparents, come pray for your grandbabies. everyone in this room would honor their mother and their father. Whatever stage of life they are in, I pray, dear God, that we would show honor and respect for our parents. Lord, help healing to take place in, in those families that are fragmented and hurting. I pray that no one would allow bitterness to overwhelm their hearts in regard to their parents or their home. Jesus, I love you so much. For those families that are struggling in this church right now, be with them, Lord. 
Wrap your loving arms around them. Support them. Minister grace to them. Thank you for your great love, your salvation, and your goodness. I pray a blessing on our families, and I do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks. You can be seated just for a moment. listening. Come back next week and we're going to be on number six. I'm not going to tell you which one that is. You just go read about it, okay? Real real simple command, but it, it's, it's going to be a dandy, I guarantee you that. Pray for one another. We've got numerous uh, people in our church who just need to be lifted up and prayed for. Pray for each other. When you walk out of the room, make sure you put your offering in one of those black boxes or you can give online. Tonight we're going to have online Bible study at 630. Go to Facebook. Uh, live our fa Facebook page, and you will get to hear Stacy Cronister give a Bible lesson. On Wednesday night, we're going to have uh, services for all age groups, so come back for that service as well. want you to know that our staff loves you, I love you, but most importantly, God loves you. And he's got a great plan for your life, and God wants to bless your family and use them for ministry. So let God do that. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you.